Welcome to the service from First Presbyterian Church, Jacksonville, Illinois, for Sunday, November 22nd, 2020, with Reverend Jonathan Warren. Reverend Warren's sermon title today is Give Thanks. Special music is a piano solo performed by Christine Smith on the new grand piano titled Wonderful Merciful Savior. I will sing of the mercies. Our first scripture reading is 1 Timothy 6, 11 through 19. Our second scripture reading is Numbers 13, 25 through 33. We pray that you all have a safe and healthy, peaceful Thanksgiving, whether it be through Zoom or over the phone passing food back and forth. We pray that there are great family get-togethers. We pray for peace and safety and calm in your families this upcoming week as well. God bless until we meet again next week. Let us prepare our hearts for God's holy word by saying the prayer for illumination together. Speak to us, living God, as you have spoken to our ancestors. Through the voices of your prophets, the breath of your spirit, and the life of your Son, so that we may live according to your word, through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. The first scripture reading is from 1 Timothy 6 verses 11 through 19. However, I would like to add verse 7 so that we understand in verse, excuse me, verse 10, so that we understand in verse 11, what are we to shun? So first, verse 10, listen to the word of God. For the love of money is the root of all evils. It is through the craving that some have wandered away from faith and pierced their hearts with many pangs. But as for you, man of God, shun all this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and for which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the presence of God, who gives life to all things, and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep the commandment without spot or blame until the manifestation of our Lord Jesus Christ which he will bring about at the right time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, it is he alone who has immortality and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. 
As for those who in the present age are rich, command them not to be haughty or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but rather on God, who richly provides us with everything to our enjoyment. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, generous and ready to share thus storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of the life that really is life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our next scripture reading comes to us from the book of Numbers, 
chapter 13, verses 25 through 33. Let us listen to the word of God before us. At the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the Israelites in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, We came to the land which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Yet the people who live in the land are strong. The towns are fortified and very large, and besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the land of Negeb. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live by the sea and along the Jordan. But Caleb questioned the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. And the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against this people, for they are stronger than we. So they brought to the Israelites an unfavorable report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land that we have gone through as spies is the land that devours its inhabitants and all the people that we saw in it are of great size. There we saw the Nephilim, the Anakites, come from the Nephilim, and to ourselves we seemed like grasshoppers. And so we seemed to them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, I know it's been an interesting last few weeks, this Enough series. We've confronted, remember, affluenza and credititis. We addressed the biblical perspective on money and possessions. If you've joined us this whole time, we've discussed how to make adjustments in our life goals and our financial habits. Ooh, this is fun, isn't it? All to help us to get on the right track. We've even considered how to achieve greater contentment and joy, to live simply. But today, I know how you're really feeling. Especially with the holidays fast approaching, I hear it in your silence. I see it in your tired eyes. And when you do speak, I hear it in the quake of your voice. The family far beyond our reach and smaller tables this Thanksgiving, with an unending pandemic that is wearing out our very beings. It's in the clenched jaws of your mouth. It's in the pit of your stomach. It's giving you restlessness and sleepless nights. It's fear. Fear is surrounding us and wearing us down. As much as we talk about a great contentment and joy that only God can give us, it is hard to escape fear. Real fear that clenches not only our bodies, 
but is reaching out to our very souls. Now, luckily, we're not alone in having fear. It's been part of humanity for a long time. It's been part of God's people for a long time. In the Old Testament, after the Israelites are delivered from slavery in Egypt, God brings them to the southern border of the promised land. He tells Moses to send men to explore this land. So Moses chooses one man from each of Israel's 12 tribes. These 12 spies go into the promised land. And after 40 days, they return to Moses with a report. The very report is in part what we hear in the reading from the book of Numbers today. And they tell Moses and the Israelites that the land, as God promised, is flowing with milk and honey. Yet the people living in this land are strong and their towns are well fortified. Ten of the spies explain to all, we seem like grasshoppers to these giants. You can hear that fear. It's driving them to feel they have little chance against these Anak giants. Yet Caleb and Joshua were among the 12 spies who speak a different tune. These two spies certainly recognize the challenges before them. They personally witnessed the fortified cities and the giant warriors behind those. However, they also recognize what God has been doing in their midst. They've seen God from slavery deliver them out of Egypt. When their backs were up against the Red Sea, God parted it so they could walk on dry land, escaping chariots. Then as they wandered, God faithfully provided a cloud by day, a fire by night, fulfilling his promise to lead them to the promised land, even though the odds seemed stacked against them again and again. God always provided, and God's promises were kept. So even though Caleb and Joshua might be scared too, they know that God will somehow deliver them. So these two urge their people not to fear. Let's go on. The Lord has been and is and will continue to be with us. But herein lies the problem. As much as we aspire to be like Joshua and Caleb in times of crisis, it's not so easy to trust God when the odds seem stacked against us. Like the ten scared spies, we tend to go with what is plainly before us. They lived amongst the giants and behind their fortified city walls for 40 days. And similarly, we have lived for months with this pandemic. And at this time, we probably feel like grasshoppers as we head into this second larger wave with our holiday traditions thrown aside again. Fear doesn't just creep in. It begins rushing all around us. And it's in these moments, just like the Israelites, that we stop trusting God. It surrounds us so much that we're even afraid to trust God with our finances at times. So maybe today 
We don't give up a tenth. We don't write down even a few percent over to God. Because logic tells us that we're up against these bigger things. How do we let go? Might be the only way to control things. Now, we've always faced giants like consumerism, trying to make ourselves happy, competing uh, against our neighbors, uh, feeling like we've never had enough. But now, today, we're facing giants like hopelessness, not knowing when it will end, not knowing whether we're in for another year, like the ten scared spies who spread fear among the people. We might find ourselves falling into the same trap. If you know the rest of the story, God tires of these Israelites, of their fear and ill faith. And after Moses pleads with them, you can keep reading in Numbers, God decides to make them wait. A long time for 40 long years. So if we're to learn anything from this story of fear, getting the best of God's people, then we've got to learn to trust God, to listen to the Caleb's and Joshua's amongst us. It's not that they weren't afraid, it's, it's that they had faith that was larger than their fear. They focused on the size of God rather than the size of their enemies. So trusting God is the first key to overcoming fear. Do you hear that? Trusting God. Reverend Adam Hamilton says, we have to learn to say this, God, I trust you. Bring something good from these difficult times. Guide my steps and help me walk with you. God, I trust you to guide my steps helping me to walk with you. Now, there's two more keys to overcoming fear. It, it's fitting that we're celebrating Thanksgiving in a few days because offering thanks in all circumstances is something God reminds us through Paul. The Christians in Thessalonica experienced severe suffering for their faith. Some were even in prison, and yet Paul tells them in his first letter, letter in chapter 5, to always rejoice, to praise with to pray without ceasing. Listen, to give thanks in all circumstances. Two researchers from respected universities conducted a study on the role of gratitude in a person's life. They had three groups, one who wrote about all the events in a day, another group group noted the unpleasant experiences, and the third group recorded the things they were grateful for. And they discovered in this study, the ones who were grateful showed higher levels of alertness, enthusiasm, determination, optimism, energy, lower depression levels, and stress. As we approach Thanksgiving, even with empty chairs and smaller meals, we are called to give thanks to God in all circumstances. So don't delay. Don't just think about it. Do it. 
Give thanks in a journal, during prayers, over the phone, and emails or letters. You could write it right now on Facebook. What are you thankful for? It is thanksgiving to miss your family. Because the thanksgiving is in the love that you have for them. Find at least five things you were thankful for each day. And then in a prayer, thank God for these things. That second key, giving thanks, is proven to cast away fear. I thank you that I miss my family, even though they are quirky, because it shows how much I love them. The last key to overcoming fear is to live a life of service and generosity to others. Beyond Scripture, research and articles share the many benefits of generosity. One says the benefits of giving are significant according to studies. Lower blood, blood pressure, lower risks of dementia, less anxiety and depression, reduced cardiovascular risk, and overall greater happiness. Generosity activates a part of the brain called the mesolimbic pathway, doling out chemicals including dopamine, endorphins that block pain, and oxytocin, known as the tranquility hormone. So when it comes to giving, science and scripture inter intersect. In the reading that Janet read us in 1 Timothy, we're called to do good, to be rich in good works, generous and ready to share. Modern research has proven that it's actually good for our health to give. God's created us to be generous. We shouldn't be surprised that it can actually be healing and restorative. We don't need to spend all that money on all that medicine. Medicine is good, though. But giving is good as well third way to push aside the stranglehold of fear is to give. Many of you know of John D. Rockefeller Sr., founder of Standard Oil. By the age of 33, he made his first million dollars. He was a hard-driving man who had success in acquisition front and center in his life. But you might not have known at the age of 53, 20 years after that first million, Rockefeller was struck with an illness that caused his hair to fall out, made him unable to digest food, threw him into depression, gave him a diagnosis of one year to live. One year! One night, as he struggled to sleep, he realized he could take nothing with him, and maybe he missed the mark. The very next day, he awoke with a new mission— to give and to use his resources to make a difference in the world. That was his mission. He gave away hundreds of millions of dollars to hospitals and universities, medical research, his church, and a mission. His funds helped the discovery to cure, of cures for a host of killer diseases. Little did he know that generosity would so dramatically change his life. Rockefeller lived... 44 years beyond his prognosis, the age of 98. 
So yes, we are living in uncertain times. And fear is finding its stranglehold on us. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of carrying this weight. I want to sleep better. I want to live. And God gives us the keys, three simple things, to live joy and hope and life, to live God. Bigger than fear. Trust God. Give thanks in all circumstances. Serve others and be generous. Today, we're asking our church families to share your commitment to God. As you fill out the physical card or the one on our website, you are actually doing something that will provide peace and life. I want you to take a deep breath. Think about this. What percentage of my income will I give to God? And now take another deep breath and smile and tell God, I trust you to guide my steps. Help me walk with you and step out in faith. The keys of God are given us. Trust thanksgiving, generosity. For God gives us more than enough. As we face thanksgiving and Christmas, we will stand tall, trusting God, walking, having him guide us in the face of fear. Even with different traditions and smaller tables this year, we will give thanks every day for the many blessings in our lives. And today, as we consecrate our financial commitments and worship, in doing this, we are letting go of fear. We're choosing life and joy and hope. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you found this material inspiring and would like to support our ministry here at First Love from the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois, Please send contributions to First Presbyterian Church, 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois, 62650. You can also contribute through your financial institution, through bill pay. And if an account number is necessary, please use 870-870-870. Dash 870. Our phone number at First Presbyterian Church, Jacksonville, Illinois, is 217-245-4189. Our email is office at firstpresjax.org. That's O-F-F-I-C-E at F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S jax.org You can join our live stream video of Sunday services which start at 9.55 a.m. on Sunday at www.facebook.com slash firstpresjax That's www.facebook.com slash 
First Prez Jacks. We also have a Facebook page called Presbyterians with a Purpose at www.facebook.com slash groups slash 221761382271153 slash. Presbyterians for a Purpose is a group for anyone needing to get in contact with someone else during these challenging times. If you wish to attend our 10 a.m. services on Sunday in person, please come in the north door. A nurse will take your temperature. The nurse will then press a button to open the door to limit touching surfaces. Another volunteer will open the inner door. While moving around, please wear your mask. Once seated, you can remove your mask. We pray you have a safe, joyful, and healthy week. God bless.